we are a band of brothers, diverse yet unified, aligned to pursue the truth, resolute in our commitment. We are stronger together, and you are one of us. This is the Brotherhood Podcast. Brothers, welcome to the Brocast. Today, we get to uh, take a moment to recap our April luncheon with Pastor George, I'm your host, Evan Yutaki, and I have today with me Johnny Hampton and Matt Schrader. I, I think today is is going to be really fun because uh, Johnny specifically said, hey, there's a lot that we talked about uh, or that Pastor George talked about in the breakfast, and I would love to jump onto this because this is something that he's really passionate about. And then obviously, uh, Matt and I, as usual, will kind of share our thoughts and, and some of the things that uh, really stood out to us in this message. But first of all, Johnny, welcome to the Brocast. I know you've been a part of some of the What is Brotherhood podcast, but uh, it's I'm excited for you to be on today. And as always, Matt, hello. How are you? Good to see you as well. Yeah, doing great. Love to have Johnny on. This is an exciting deal to do three guys. Man, the incredible amount of uh, ideas, because you no doubt, no doubt they will all um, compliment each other in a way that we don't expect that somehow always happens on this podcast. So I'm excited. I'm excited to hear what you have to say, Johnny, of course, what you have to say, Evan, and thanks. This is going to be a fun episode. Yeah, I feel the same way. I'm just grateful to be on here. And if I didn't think this topic was so important for our men, I, I wouldn't jump on. I think all of our topics are important, but especially when we talk about, uh, in the day we're living in for men to have the power they need to do the will of God. I think this is pretty critical to making sure that we, talk through this and really, really uh, break apart and, and break down what we learned um, that fr- that Friday at breakfast from Pastor George. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, when we look specifically from like male leadership and just guys in general, so when we look at the brotherhood and, and what the core demographic of what brotherhood is, I think it's it's something that when we're in a situation and we are leaning on our faith and we're leaning on uh, Christ through this entire process, I almost feel like we default to ourselves over the power of Christ. And I, I think we are, we're always going to God and asking for help or we're asking for guidance. I, I find myself doing that a lot, uh, especially in, in the years of, in, in the phase of life that I'm in right now. I'm, I'm going to God saying, God, help me. God, guide me. God, lead me. And I, I was sitting in, in, in kind of uh, the, the message that Pastor George was giving in April and I was sitting there going, man, he's already given me the tools. And it's almost like I have this fully stacked toolbox right here next to me. And I keep going to God saying, hey, hey God, I, I need you to give me the tools to get through this. I need you to give me the, the things that I need to grow in, in, my, in my faith and, and grow in my trust in you. And it's almost like he's kind of giving me the little side eye saying, you know, it's right over there. Like literally just <laughs> open the drawer and ask. And I feel like uh, Pastor George did a really good job of, of kind of articulating uh, something that I – personally, uh, have, have kind of put off to the side and, and maybe haven't grasped onto as much as I possibly could. But I was thinking about just the way that he started the message. And I'd love to get your guys' thoughts on this because he starts with acts one eight. And I think it was really uh, strategic for him to start there because those were the last words of Christ to, to the people, to the apostles when he was on earth. He, he literally was taking up, taken up into the clouds after that. So when I think about last words, when I think about somebody's like maybe on their deathbed or, or somebody has like a really impactful final thing to say to some, somebody, that's, that's what I always want to know. Like, you know, well, what did he say? What was, what was, what did he leave you with? And what he left us with was you shall receive power when the Holy spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses. And I think that for us to break this apart a little bit and really take a moment to realize the importance of that statement, for me personally to recognize that I'm, I'm missing a whole part of the tools that Christ has given me uh, to operate in his power and to continue to trust in him and to grow in my trust in him. Uh, I'm really excited that uh, Pastor George kind of sh- uh, shared uh, a lot of what he spoke about to, in, in this message because there was so much so much there. Yeah, it's a tremendous topic. And you know, I want to echo what you said, Evan. I'm in a space where, well, so I thought it was timely for me. And I know it's always timely because the Holy Spirit's involved, but I've spent the last six to seven months just asking questions to myself, to the Holy Spirit about the Holy Spirit. What is the use? You know, I've spent decades as a Christian and there's been a lot of things that I thought, yes, this is it. And then when I took a look at it, I was like, whoa, this seems 
I don't know about this. So I'm personally growing right now in prayer and it's like, so the last several years, but then I'm in this last phase of how does the Holy Spirit really get involved? How do I know this is an operation of tapping into what God has for me and how do I do it well? So for, for Pastor George to bring that kind of in a surprising way, I was so thankful because it's just furthered my walk. It's furthered my questions, my conversation with God and it's given me a new space to got to get into a God. And I'm excited. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, I agree. I agree with what you're all of everything you're saying. I think for me, um, you know, he talked pretty specifically about why, when Jesus left, why was the last thing he said is uh, I'm leaving you power when, after I leave power will come upon you because it was really clear that, you know, even in today, I've heard people say before, man, if Jesus was here, I'd love to walk with him. I'd love to talk to him. And pastor George is like, well, you'd never be able to get to him. There'd be so many people surrounding him. But how, how, you know, I, I don't want to say smart, but just what a what a only a, as a creator would do would say, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to leave someone that's with you all the time and in you, inside you, not just physically present to look someone in the eyes, but they're actually they're actually inside you when you receive the Holy Spirit. There's something about that that is so empowering to know that I can tap into that power all the time, that I don't have to go sit with Jesus and somewhere and say, okay, tell me what you know. He's like, I've already left you everything you need, you know, and and I love what he talked about, um, the real clear part about you're going to need this power. You're going to need this power to fulfill what God has asked you to do. And I think, uh, gosh, I don't know about you, but I I need power every day I get up. I need more power uh, to fulfill the purpose that God's given me because there's just so many things that come at us all the time. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. Talking about like the the pre- Holy Spirit, uh, Jesus and the post Holy Spirit, Jesus. I I think one of the things that really stands out to me is the first 30 years of Jesus, there's nothing really written other than his birth. And I think that for, for me, that tells me a couple things. One, uh, that he truly did become a man because there was really nothing like he, when pastor George said he poured himself out, like he basically became like me. He, he became a, a person who's susceptible to temptation. He's a, a, became a person who, you know, has to deal with the struggle and, and, and just go through the, the day to day of life, you know, the, the, the ups, the downs, everything that is tied to that. But when that moment came, when he was anointed with the Holy spirit, everything changed. And it, what became for him for, from a Holy spirit standpoint is, an inherent ability. And I, I really love how Pastor George dove a little bit deeper into making a point to talk, to talk about how that became something that became natural for him. And that's something that become that can become natural for us too. Without that Holy Spirit, without that power, he was average, but with it, it went to an intrinsic ability within him that, that gave him the ability to do so much more and I think the really awesome thing for us, and, and I know we'll get into this further, is that that same power and that same ability is available to us. And I don't know that that people from a day-to-day basis recognize how much power that is and how to use that power. And so, you know, Johnny, I know this is something that's really passionate for you, you know, being able to have that revelation and that understanding that, you know, not only is this, this something really important that Christ is leaving behind, but then also getting to the point to recognizing that this is a spiritual gift that Christ has given us and we need to figure out how to use it. And so I'd love to kind of hear some of your thoughts on your journey in that and how you were able to kind of start to see uh, see some of the fruits of actually leaning on the Holy Spirit and depending on the Holy Spirit and listening to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, just a quick reference. Uh, I mentioned this at the breakfast, but I, for those who are listening, I would like for you to know this too, that for me, uh, the power of the Holy Spirit was a lot more than than just a life enrichment plan or, you know, you have to consider too, the Holy Spirit is, if we're talking about the Trinity, the Holy Spirit is one third. And sometimes I wonder, do we try to leave out one third of, of, of the Trinity because we talk about God and Jesus, but as our senior pastor, lead pastor Whit George mentioned that sometimes people treat the Holy Spirit like he's Uncle Eddie that does weird things and shows up and crazy things happen. You know, people bark and, you know, feathers fly and all this other stuff. But I think that's also what Pastor George said is that the enemy tries to keep this power shrouded in weirdness, because if we can look at it as uh, it's something that, you know, it's been made fun of so many times from Saturday Night Live to every, you know, every comedy show has made fun of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. 
But what I found is is growing up in a in a denominational church in, in a very small farming community, I I had heard about the power of the Holy Spirit and and what that looked like with being filled with the Holy Spirit, and and knew that if if I could get to where he was, which in my estimation in my little town he he didn't really no one knew anything about him, that <laughs> uh, I knew that if I could get to Oklahoma and get here to ORU to O Roberts that there I knew that was something that they were real high on and so. I relocated because I wanted to know more about the power of the Holy Spirit. So I wasn't a week here at, at, uh, at ORU that I was filled with the, and baptized in the Holy Spirit. But I can say this part un, without a doubt that in the last um, umpteen years of running my business, that without the power of the Holy Spirit and the, and the hearing that still small voice go this way, not that way, the leading of the Holy Spirit has been so critical to moving when, when God said move. And if I didn't have that, that I call it a sixth sense because it's really it's that it's it, it is that sense of knowing that the Holy Spirit gives you. That's what has been the power for us in running our business and then learning how to do things that really aren't written in business books or really written in blogs. And I can read to my eyeballs fall out. But sometimes it's that little that's that small voice is this, this is the way walk in it that you walk in that way. And suddenly you find yourself in a place of saying, OK, I find I find peace. I find understanding and I have a way through. But it only comes from just quieting yourself and hearing the Holy Spirit speak to you because he he always speaks through God's word. He always reiterates. I mean, there there are trinities. So there's three parts. The Holy Spirit's not ever going to say something that doesn't doesn't agree with what God has already said typically in his word. And you and you follow those things very, very clearly. His methods may be unconventional at times. You know, you talk about when Jesus was healing the, the, the blind guy and he puts mud on his eyes. It was more of an act of faith more than anything. But it was odd. At the end of the day, the guy was healed. So the Holy Spirit has odd ways of doing things at times, but I don't think it has to be a freak show. I don't think it has to be anything weird the way we're facing things today. I think usually it comes in the way of just hearing that voice saying, this is the way walking. I'm like, okay, yeah, that that might be not what everybody else is doing, but this is what I'm doing because this is what God asked me to do. And, and it always identifies with my spirit. I'm like, okay, that's unusual, but it works. Yeah. So I want to reflect off something you were saying right there in the middle about being a business owner, or even when I was an employee of someone who owned a business, you know, I used to question myself in when I would get in the presence of the Holy Spirit of like, how is this helping me? You know, there are people all around me who aren't even Christians. They don't, even, they don't love Jesus at all. They're not, their lives don't, aren't reflective at all, at all of what God would require. And yet they're successful. They're giving me wisdom. I mean, they're giving me ideas. You know, so I would go back and forth with, you know, how does the Holy Spirit really enable me to be a better business owner, to be a better husband, to be a better employee at the time? And then I read the scripture one time, Proverbs ten twenty two, and it kind of speaks to, even this is Old Testament, it speaks to the nature and the characteristic of God. It says, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. And it's like the Holy Spirit just spoke to me on that, that still small voice on the inside. He's like, I navigate you through things without sorrow. So yeah, you could go be a success. You can go do all these things. And and if you work hard enough, if you have enough luck, if you get all the different things that come together, you will land on that place of, so let's take, you know, rich, whether it's wealth or, you know, the life you want to live or vacations or cars, whatever it may be, uh, relationships. I mean, there's a number of different things we could use for the blessing of the Lord makes one blank, rich in something. But then the flip side of that, but he adds no sorrow to it. So the Holy Spirit navigates you. You talked about how as a business owner, the Holy Spirit will bring things out. You know, you can read books to your blue in the face and there's thousands of different pieces of advice, but it's like the Holy Spirit lifts that portions off the page that says, okay, this is the way you said it. This is the way, this is the way for you. This is, this is your specific step to take in this situation. So I can navigate you through what could be a painful place, but doesn't have to be. And that, that's, that one I just want to add to that depth of the Holy Spirit is it, it's not just this health and wealth idea we have, it's this wholeness. You know, we come from a place of the, you know, the whole man, you know, body, soul, and spirit. It's a wholeness. It's all of you that the Holy Spirit brings together and brings up, takes to a different place in strength, 
health, whatever it may be. Yeah, I think, uh, and I don't want to get too far ahead in this because I think there's a lot of meat here too. But I think what you guys are talking about is that power, love, and a sound mind. And I think the sound mind part of that is where things are starting to, uh, starting to lift off the page. Johnny, you mentioned a, a sixth sense, if you would, um, about how you're able to kind of interpret things. I, I'm a practical guy. So when I hear somebody say like, you know, in my business, I'm actually allowing the Holy Spirit to guide me. Like I want to know like, what does that look like? Like, what, what are the, what is a, like, what's a, what's a day by day thing? Like for me, a lot of it is surrender. So I'm sitting there going, man, this situation's bigger than me, or I don't know where this next thing's going to come from. I just, I'm going to focus on what I need to, to do and allow God to work. And then, you know, I've seen it time and time again, as soon as I release that responsibility of like, I have to fix this, that's when I see God move. And it's, you would think by now I'd, I'd have it figured out, but, uh, I think there's there's that my natural tendency is to cling instead of to do the open palms. And I think that as we go through, you know, our leadership journey, as, as we go through our just our Christian walk is recognizing kind of how we navigate those things. The other thing that I wanted to kind of hint on or, or develop a little bit further is when you say Holy Spirit, you're you're invoking terminology that makes people think beyond the natural, right? So, like uh, some people have said, say we'll we'll say Holy Ghost, and so it's so uh, interesting to me that when you think about things that are spiritual, that it becomes hocus pocusy, and it becomes this kind of like oh here we go kind of mm-hmm. situation. But then you also use terms uh, that are very spiritual, but they're not tied to spiritual things mentally. Like when you first talk about it, like I, I, I felt in my soul when I'm talking about my soul or, or you talk about like, uh, you know, this place has a bad omen or this place, like it just didn't feel right. You're, you're kind of talking about spiritual things without talking about spiritual mm-hmm. things. Yeah. But I think what we have to recognize, especially as, as, as leaders is that there's a lot of spiritual battles that are going on that we don't see. Mm-hmm. And so I think we have to be as in tune as possible uh, to the spiritual side of things. And I think the Holy Spirit is going to guide us through a lot of that. But like, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get to the point where I'm just starting to recognize this is not like what's happening is not actually happening the way because of X, Y, and Z, there's a spiritual battle going on. And we need to recognize that that's really what's at stake. And when we can recognize that, like the logic that we can't find in it becomes, uh, starts to make a little bit more sense because like this battle is happening because there's something greater, there's something bigger going on. And if we can tune into that, then we can be more intentional with how we pray. But then we can also lean into God a lot more in these situations because we recognize that he's already won that battle and he has a purpose and he can use whatever that situation is for good. And I think that when we're in a situation, especially when we're here talking today about the Holy Spirit and, you know, you as a listener may be kind of sitting back and going, man, you know, I, I'm all for, you know, giving my heart to Christ. I'm all for going to church. I'm all for, you know, kind of surrendering my life to Christ. But this Holy Spirit thing is something that's maybe, you know, I'm having trouble getting my head around. I want to try to pull you back a little bit and just kind of say that there's there's a lot more to Christ. And especially going back to that statement of uh, in, in Acts, where that that last, that final word of what Christ was saying uh, to the apostles and to the church is that I'm going to uh, have the Holy Spirit come. I think that we need to maybe put a little bit more weight on recognizing the power of the Holy Spirit, which I think that Pastor George has done a really good job articulating. But then how do we practically apply that to our lives? Johnny, if you can, you have a maybe a, a, an instance where you, you were allowing yourself to lean into the Holy Spirit and, and allowing him to guide you and kind of what that looked like for you and what that, what that journey uh, kind of resulted in. Man, I, you know, you, you mentioned something there that I want to address first is really reminding everyone that we are a spirit, but we live in a body. I think because we, we see the flesh all day long, I think we tend to rely on flesh to do things because it is how things get done on the earth is through our body. But we are a spirit. So God has given us the ability to discern things spiritually because we are a spirit. When we die, our spirit goes to either heaven or hell. But knowing that is knowing that we do have the ability when we're connected, our spirits are connected to 
the one who made us, our creator, that's when we have true communion and that's when we can really move. I think for me, there've been so many instances uh, in, and I had, I go to business, I go to running my family, my home, uh, being a husband, so many instances where so many people were leaning on me. And, you know, I, I think if I could, if I could say anything, if the Holy Spirit's going to, going to make you do anything. And I say, make it, it, how he would lead you is, is in giving you the ability to, to stop whatever you're doing and just seek him. Because I can't tell you how many times I, and, and men are fixers. We all admit we're fixers. You know, my wife calls and says, you know, this is broken. Okay, let me get there. I'll fix it. You know, the, the dryer's broken. I'll, I'll fix it. The car's broken, whatever. I'll fix it. We tend to fix, and that tends to be our nature because we're, we like to be the hero. That's just how God made us. But when it comes to your spirit, you, you, you really have to dive into hearing first. So prayer is the way we do that. And if, you know, when problems often come to me that are, I feel inadequate to solve, it really does have to be a situation where I have to go and say, I have to, I have to sit down and pray wherever I am, praying in my car, whatever, and say, Holy Spirit, what is the answer right now? I think 99% of the time, if we would do that first before jumping to immediately fix mode, we would solve a lot of trauma in our lives. But we, you know, here I am with my cape on, coming to fix, save the day. And it's not fair. It's not fair to the people around me. It's definitely cause, would cause me. I mean, Dr. Charles Stanley, who I followed for years, says prayer is life's greatest time saver. And I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, we, you know, oh, it's going to take me time to get up in the morning and pray in 20 minutes, 30 minutes. But man, those 30 minutes may save you hours of heartache later because you stopped and prayed and stopped and listened to what the Holy Spirit would say to you. Because his 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 spirit witnesses with our spirit. So oftentimes when we hear things and we're connected, we know, you know what, that's right. That is exactly right. It will be confirmed usually through God's word. Sometimes it's even confirmed through another human who will make, I've noticed sometimes when I've had things that were difficult I was dealing with, I would hear it first in my spirit, maybe maybe not hear it real strong, but just a just an idea or a leading. Uh, Pastor George talks about and Witt talked about this too, about there being a nudge. Sometimes there'll be a nudge. This is what I need to do. You may not have all the steps, but you have a nudge. You do have to walk that out. You do have to walk that out. And, and so I found found when I do have situations where I, I really need to hear from God on it, it's funny how I'll be listening to a radio, something, and I'll get a scripture. Or one day I was driving down the road and there was a rotating billboard for whatever reason, had a scripture, the exact scripture that I'd gotten at like two or three different times. I'm like, either I'm really dumb and I don't listen very well, or the Holy Spirit knew I needed that so well that he made sure that I was at the right place at the right time getting the right message. So there's a lot of that that goes on, I think, just walking with God. When you walk with God daily, it's a, it's not a, um, you don't have to, you don't have to run from here to there. It's a daily walk with him. And that's why we talk so much about chair time, about getting alone with God in the morning, about spending your time listening to, to that still small voice. If I'm driving in my car, sometimes I'll be driving. Sometimes I just turn the radio off or whatever I've got on and and just quiet myself before the Lord. Because I believe he, through the Holy Spirit, is always speaking to us. And I don't mean necessarily like an audible voice. But it's a knowing in your in your in, innermost parts of knowing what God needs to God wants to say to you. But I think if we would do a lot more of that and a lot less of feeling, you know, I, I go to the gym a lot, and everybody in there's got headphones on. You, you couldn't have a conversation with them if you wanted to, and it's kind of a it's kind of a shelter place for people. But I think how much am I doing that where I'm just filling my ears with stuff all day long that is mostly noise? But when I'm doing that, I wonder why the Holy Spirit has to speak to me in the shower <laughs> because. I don't wear headphones in the shower and there's no noise or uh, he speaks to me in the morning when I wake up because it's quiet. He he can't get me quiet enough, long enough for me to get off everything for him to speak to me. But if I create spaces for that, he speaks. He always speaks and will lead me in the way that I need to go either for that day, that hour, or maybe even something for the, in the future that I can actually write down in my journal. When we talk about spiritual, it is it's a bit difficult to relate to when we're talking about at least things inside the Holy Spirit, things like that. But I think there's a place that's actually in that scripture you read, Evan, that is, that helps us connect the spirit. And it's the word fear. You know, the Bible says yeah. in that scripture says, you not be given a spirit of fear. And Pastor George's message in short was the antidote to the spirit of fear that brings the spirit of love, power, and sound mind is the Holy Spirit. So when we talk about fear, fear oftentimes hits us with no tangible evidence that anything's actually gone wrong or happening. It's a premonition. It's an idea of something that's coming and we get fearful. And that is, if you're listening to this and trying to connect 
to what is spiritual and what is not. You know, Johnny said that we are a spirit and we live in a body. Well, if that's a difficult concept for you right now, uh, think about when you're scared. Think about when you're worried. Think about when something fearful happens. Typically, you know, if you take something as simple as a bump in the night, nothing tangibly has been proven that is wrong. Fear oftentimes is just a premonition of something that could go wrong or will go wrong. And now you're dealing with the emotions that would happen if the ram- if those results happen. Well, the Holy Spirit becomes that antidote. You know, it reminded me of last year and I had a lot of great Holy Spirit stories. I hope everybody did during the uh, whole COVID deal. And I know we're it's kind of coming out of it, but we're still in, technically in the pandemic. But the so in the midst of that, right before, you know, I got a little nudge. It was in February and nothing was going on with the country, really. You know, a little bit of murmur here and there. And I got a little bit of a nudge to start listing out. I've been looking for a third service for my business. And I started listing out some interior stuff. You know, when we get into the winter, you know, we're window cleaning, we're power washing. A lot of those things drop off and get a little slower. So I was looking for an inside service. So I listed it out. Now, I want to paint this picture because I want people to feel kind of the frustration I had. This is the last week of February that I'm listing this out. I'm having to have a conversation with my wife about a service for the season has already passed. It's already warm. You know, there's not a lot in March I'm going to do on the inside, seemingly. Um but this service is going to come around next year in January. So I'm like, ah, God, why didn't I get this answer like two months ago, three months ago? You know, so I start listing these things out that we could do inside, started packaging them. And I literally felt, and my wife can attest to this because I was having the conversation with her. I was asking her, she's a much better, um, she understands inside stuff much better than I do. So I get to the end of this list. I'm like, okay, great. There it is. And literally I'm like, that's frustrating, Lord. We just spent five hours climbing through this, talking about it, pricing and all that stuff. And it's worth, it's, it's a waste of my time. Like I got a lot of things to do here in February for March and I'm sitting there. And so I go on, forget about it. It's listed, put it away. I get to March 15th. Of course, March 15th is a big day here in Oklahoma. March 16th, they close everything down. And I got about 60 calls on March 16th and everything canceled from March 15th to May 1st, nothing for six weeks. And you talk about fear, you talk about spiritual, like I was done. Like inside, I'm like, I'm, I'm screaming. Like I'm panicking. I'm scrambling. Like, I don't know what to do. Like none of my business, even I can call and try to book elsewhere. Everybody's shutting it down. So I sat there and prayed and I got quiet and I prayed and it settled my spirit. It brought me to a calm place. And it's like the Holy Spirit flipped a picture of that list I had created. We had typed out this list and I thought, no. So I went back and looked at it. It became, it was, it wasn't what I had named it. I had named it some goofy thing. It, it was an essential service, which it made, made my business immediately an essential business. We could go back to work. And it was everything everybody needed. I mean, it had to do with disinfecting, going in and cleaning out viral pathogens, things like that. So the Holy Spirit had prompted me through a nudge to answer something I was going to be fearful for that he saw in the future. But I didn't even, I didn't hear it until I got quiet. I started praying in the spirit and all of a sudden it started to materialize. And that service, we still have that service now, but that service climbed us out of a deep, deep hole we were in during that pandemic. I, that's the Holy Spirit working. I think that's a, if you're having a difficult time kind of getting to this spiritual world, imagine when you're fearful, if there was an opposite feeling to that. If you're looking at things that may happen and you're scared, what if you could look at those same things and be excited? That's the spiritual transfer of what it, the experience that happens emotionally when you pray in the Holy Spirit and you get in touch with God's presence here on this earth. I'm glad you shared that because I think it's important for us as, especially specifically guys in the brotherhood, I think it's important for us to kind of hear some of those examples because then we can kind of relate and maybe even look, reflect back. Maybe you heard from the Holy Spirit and you didn't know it. Uh, and, and, it and it was, yeah. And I, and so we, I think we've talked in previous podcasts about the you know, understanding the character of God and understanding kind of you know what He brings to the table. He's not he's gonna he's not gonna take us a place to die. Like uh, Pastor Witt spoke about that a couple of weeks ago. He's gonna he may walk you through the valley of the shadow of death, but he he's not gonna take you to a place to die. If you understand God's character and you understand His leading and what He's what He's doing, then you may have fear temporarily because you're like, Oh my, I don't know what's going on here. But then you recognize, okay, this is not like the, the fear that's coming. That's not God. 
what what God provides is power, love, and a sound mind. And and for me, that goes back to that spiritual battle. Like as soon as I recognize that that I'm starting to have some of that fear, that that I'm starting to create a situation that's way bigger than it actually is because I don't understand it, and it may be a a, a wake up call to get my attention. You know, fear in that regard is a good thing. But what do you do with that fear? Do you dwell in that fear or do you take that fear and convert it to something? And I think that's where you, it, when you're recognizing the spiritual battle of what's going on, you can say, okay, God, I need your power. I need your love and I need a sound mind in this situation. Guide me through this. Uh, I think Pastor, uh, Pastor Wood has said things like, Holy Spirit, come. Just, just come into this situation. Just be with me in this situation and guide me and then be quiet and allow that to happen. I think that when you create that space, like, like Johnny talked about, that that gets us much closer to God. And if we've spent that chair time and we've built uh, that relationship with him to where we understand his character when he speaks, we're able to understand and know that it's him pastor said to me one time that the only weapon the devil doesn't have a response to is patience. The enemy oftentimes when I'm panicked wants me to do something quick, emotional, and often I'm stupid. I'm clouded, my vision, and I'm not talking about my earth, my physical vision. I'm talking about the mind, the eye in my mind, where it's like I'm trying to see through what I'm supposed to do. And that's what the presence of God does it helps di- dissipate that sense of confusion you know when t- paul's writing to timothy you got to remember timothy's a pastor of what we think was a large church and he's a young guy and he's having to lead these people a lot of people who know at least theologically from a jewish standpoint maybe more than he does and can speak in an intimidating way so timothy's having to deal with the stress you know, we, we have some, some proof that he was very stressed out. I think Paul tells him to take some medicine for his stomach. So talking about a guy who is dealing a lot with what we deal with today, you know, a lot of anxiety, a lot of uh, stuff happening a lot, you know, a lot of, especially men who are, have some kind of leadership role, you know, there's a lot of decisions to be made, but the Holy Spirit brings you to a place of where that panic and timidity and the the lack the um, lack of that energy to step out when you need to, the Holy Spirit begins to speak to that and becomes the antidote to that. You know, Pastor George talked about how he'll get discouraged and then he'll spend a little time in the Holy, presence of the Holy Spirit and he'll come out excited. And he used that scripture. He said, "Now I've got love for people. I've got power to do what I need to do, and I'm calm. I know I have a sound mind." That's what the presence of the Holy Spirit can do in our lives. If you'll just give space, you know, I I do think that we need to continue to remind you, Johnny said it great, giving space for the Holy Spirit. And that's maybe when something happens immediately or a much better habit is to have a regular time where there's just space for the Holy Spirit to speak. And even if it's not speak from a wisdom sense, it's to bring and calm down those uh, that nervous energy that gets moving when things start bubbling up in our lives. Yeah. And I, I want to be clear too about um, he, he said this quite a bit in this, uh, in this, in this breakfast, but I want to be clear and even talk about my, my experience because it also is very, very common. And I think it's what, when we talk about the Holy spirit and actually speaking in tongues, what does that mean? Uh, you know, I think we, it's been so shrouded, like we talk about it being an Uncle Eddie type situation where he does weird things and whatever. Uh, the, you know, the world looks at that as is a bit of a joke. But we who believe and we who know what God said and we know what happened in, in Acts um, has a lot to do with what does that mean? What does the language mean? Why is it different than any other language? You know, when I pray in tongues, it's a language that I don't know. And, and I truly believe from what I understand, it's, it's a language the enemy doesn't know. It's a it's a it's a it's something you're praying that is straight into the throne room of heaven, and it's between you and between you and God, and it's meant to build you up. And I can tell you, even Pastor George said this. He said, "There's been days where people say, don't you ever get discouraged?'" Um, and 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 he's like, "Yeah, maybe for an hour, and it's because I haven't stopped to actually work on uh, praying in the spirit." But what it does is it builds me up, and it even says that builds yourself up in your most holy faith, praying praying in the spirit, praying in the Holy Spirit. And for, for me, when I get discouraged or I don't know what to do or I don't know what to pray, it is the words that I pray because it completely supersedes my understanding, which is good. We don't always have to have understanding to be praying perfect, perfect prayers. 
um, we we need when we pray in the spirit, it lifts our spirits. It also is praying what what I believe that God is in in, in the spirit is already praying over you. You're just in agreement with it. But it can be on some of the days where I'm having my my hardest. I, if I could just take a minute, pray in the spirit for just a little while. I'm telling you, it is like a thousand B vitamins going through my going through my spirit and my heart. But you're also you're opening up doors for God's perfect will to happen in your life. And if someone's listening and say, well, gosh, how does how does that even work for me? It's very clear. Uh, there's a scripture that says that if anyone asks his father for a piece of bread, would they even give him a, give him a stone? Well, of course, and says, how much more does he want to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? It's just a simple ask. The same way, you know, you asked to receive Jesus in your heart. You ask the whole, you ask Jesus to give you the power of the Holy Spirit with speaking with, with evidence of speaking in tongues. And it's not a it's not a difficult thing. It's not a weird thing. It was it was pretty amazing to me when that happened to me. It was at a at a at a service, um, and someone literally laid hands on me, and and we and said, you know, just begin to pray out whatever's in your spirit. And you know, you Pastor George even said that. Some people say, you know, pray now. Other people say whisper. Other people say let out. I mean, it's like let go, let loose, let in, whatever. There there was there wasn't any of that. It was me being alone and being honest with with the Lord, saying I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And at that point, the words that came out of my mouth were the words that I did not know. And it, I've never had a, I took some, I took a little bit of French in high school, but those are definitely not words in, from French. I don't know, I don't know what, where they're from other than heavenly. But it is that, that power that you get that you sense in your spirit because it is feeding your spirit. It's feeding your, it's bringing encouragement to you. It's giving you the power they talked about from Ephesians 3.20, which I'm, I'm like, it says, I mean, it's so, it's so good. It says now to him who is able to do super abundantly more than all you could dare ask or think. I don't know about you, but God, for God to say that he can do more than you dare to ask or think, uh, according to his power that is work within us, this is the power that he's talking about, the power to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can think to ask or dare to ask. That is what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life and in your heart. So for me, that's that's exactly. I, I I was I was telling someone once I was praying with them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I said, you know, would you rather drive a car? Or would you rather drive a jet engine if you want to get somewhere really fast? You know, I'm going to get in a plane and, and drive something with a jet engine because it is it is power. It gets you there, and that's exactly the Holy Spirit wants to be to us. Is He wants to get us there where we need to go to do our jobs well, to do things with power, to have power to overcome the enemy. You know, if you if you want to overcome whatever that addiction is. Man, not only can you go through, you know, there's lots of channels to go through, but the power of the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to get up every day and go, I have defeated the enemy. I have the power. Jesus died on the cross, went to went to heaven, came, stole the keys of hell, and then came back and gave us the ability. He left his spirit. He left his Holy Spirit with us because he went to the Father. I mean, what a what an incredible plan for us, an incredible plan to overcome whatever it is that we have that's fighting us right now. We have the power inside us already. And just like you said earlier, Matt, you know, you pray sometimes, oh, God, give me the tool. Give me this. He's already giving it, given it. All you have to do is receive it. It's just that simple. Well, I want to talk about the language deal because that can be a bit of a hang up and oh, understood. Easy. You know, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was young. You know, I was a teenager, something like that. And it is. It's a little bit odd, a little bit different. And, you know, I, I've I've had the privilege of being in several different industries and I've the Holy Spirit will bring this to my mind in each different situation. So I've, I coached football, fully immersed in that. I taught as a school teacher, fully immersed in that. I'm now in a service industry, fully immersed in that. And then I'll watch other friends I have, you two guys, and uh, some other friends I have, they're fully immersed in an industry. And there's, I think if you can look at it through this lens, it at least helps me feel a little more comfortable that I'm saying all these words that I don't necessarily, well, I don't understand at all, but I don't even like, I know people would think they were weird. So, so there'd be times I'd be sitting in what we call the war room as a football coach. And we're, I mean, we're talking back and forth. We're in these heated discussions and we're throwing all these terms out that if you drop the ordinary person who spent no time around football in, they wouldn't know anything we're talking about. We're using words that they understand in English, but we're using them in combinations that don't make any sense. You know, same thing with like window cleaning. If you sat and stood beside me all day, you'd hear me say things in sentences about things that you'd be like, I think I know what those words are, but that doesn't make any sense. And it's very similar when you're speaking in tongues, you're speaking a language, you know, first Corinthians 14 says it's from man to God. 
So imagine you've got to speak to God, who's a spirit being, who's been, who's eternal, who understands all languages, who is the every bit of knowledge. And you're giving a special, a specific set of jargon, vernacular, thought, ways to evoke thoughts to him specifically. It's very similar to if where you are in your industry and a bunch of your industry partners got together and started talking about industry-specific terms and items, it's very similar. We wouldn't understand it, but you guys get it. So when you're speaking in that language, you're speaking a language directly to God that he understands. And then later on, if you'll allow him, he will actually give you the interpretation in an English language that your brain understands. And you'll know, you'll have a sense of knowing, oh my, that's what I was praying about. This is it. Wow. So I think if we can look at some of these things that have become spiritual and spooky through a different lens, they're actually pretty natural. They actually happen all over the place in different situations. We just haven't associated them with spooky things, so they seem normal to us. When you do that and you bring the Spirit of God into those places, a lot of the Spirit of God, everything I've encountered becomes normal and perfectly in mainstream with everything else I do in my life. Matt, that's a great analogy. I I think that that kind of helps better understand uh, the speaking in tongues and, and some of those things. What I don't want people to do is I don't want them to think I have to know these specific words to say, or there's, you know, a, a specific way to do this. And I, when I think about it, I think of the word murmur, which I know it has like a complaining connotation to it, but it's, it's just kind of this, this, uh, this rambling that you do. And I, and I think that's where a lot of people kind of see, uh, see the Holy Spirit side of things and speaking in tongues as being different or weird because, you know, I've been to churches where you talk like that in public, like in a big service. And I, and I, I think that, uh, I had a lot of peace when pastor George talks about it as being a private prayer language. This is something that we do in private and it's not something that we do, uh, for other people. He says in first Corinthians 14th, my understanding is unfruitful. And I think that that is another thing that for us, recognizing that it's it's not something natural for us, especially not natural for our brains to comprehend what we're saying. But when he's also talking about, you know, our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think, I think that's a really big statement. I love how Pastor George continued to develop that thought as not just exceedingly, not just abundantly, not just above, like he could have used any one of those terms, but he uses all of those terms, which tells me that, again, it, in my mind with that understanding being un- unfruitful, it, it has to be that way because he's, a, again, a spiritual being. We're talking about our creator, somebody who's much greater than us, and he's given us this special prayer language so that we can really kind of communicate uh, his will back to him. Uh, the, one of the things I think about with this, just because there's just so much uh, surrounding speaking in tongues and, and just kind of the, the the language part of it and all those things that happen, uh, I think about a story in Second Kings, Second uh, Kings five, uh, basically the entire chapter, and it's talking about uh, Nahum. Nahum, King Nahum, uh, he is got leprosy. And so he goes to Elisha and is like, hey, I, I want to get rid of this leprosy. And I am paraphrasing, by the way. And Elisha tells him, hey, you need to go and you need to bathe in the river seven times. And Nahum gets really upset about this because, you know, he thinks that it's supposed to be this big, grandiose thing that he should have done. And he's a king and, and he, it's it's this menial task, but he's kind of upset because it wasn't this big grandiose thing. And his servants go to him and say, Hey, like if it was this big grandiose thing, wouldn't you go and do that? Instead, he's actually said, there's this very simple thing that you can do. Just go bathe seven times and you'll be healed of your leprosy. And the King says, you're right. And he goes and does it. And he's ultimately healed. I liken that to some of the mystery surrounding speaking tongues in the sense of it's a really an easy thing to do. It's not like God's asking us to do something grandiose. He's not asking us to do something, you know, really, really far out there. He's he's basically saying, go uh, into a private place and do this and call on the Holy Spirit for him to uh, basically be an advocate on your behalf. If you really break it down, there's it's not a very difficult thing to do. It's just because our, our thoughts are unfruitful and our, our mind is unfruitful uh, surrounding speaking in tongues that I think that it gets 
to be something where we're sitting there going, well, man, that, that's, that's so different than, than what I would have expected to do. Why can't I just use regular words? Why can't I just do X, Y, and Z? And, and you know, we're a creation asking a creator, you know, why do I need to do these things? Well, this is what God has put in front of us. And uh, just from, from that standpoint, he's given us a very, very simple thing to do, which I think is actually kind of cool. It's it's not something that is going to be overly difficult. Anybody can do it. And uh, for me, that gives me a lot of peace knowing that, you know, I don't, for me to communicate with God and for me to utilize the Holy Spirit, uh, it, it's actually very, very simple to do. I just have to kind of release my mind from it and allow that to happen. Uh, I, I want to kind of wrap this up a little bit because I mean, we're, we're, I'm sure there's a ton more here, but Johnny, what are some of your final thoughts surrounding this message? I think my final word today would be what we read in John 16, 33, and this gives me great hope. He says, these things I've spoken to you that you may have peace. In this world, it says you will have tribulation. Things will be, can, can and will be difficult, but take courage. I have overcome the world. So when, he, when Jesus overcame the world, he defeated death. He defeated sickness. He defeated all of our foes. And then he goes to heaven and then turns around and gives you the keys to fight in this world. And that's who the Holy Spirit is. He's the one who is your partner, your helper, your guide through this world. But, you know, again, you will have tribulation, but take courage because he has overcome the world. We have overcome the world. That's who the Holy Spirit is in our lives. Yeah, that's good. That I wrote down this just in taking notes myself with pastor's messages. I was re-listening to it and you just kind of a good intro to it. I wrote down this as behind what you think you don't want from God is often what you need to get exceedingly above what you could want. So when tribulation comes along, we often, well, we never want tribulation. You know, I mean, that's the the name of the word, mm-hmm. you know, but you, you see that and you get that phrase like, this is not what I needed this right here. No, I don't want this. I don't want this. And what I found to be more often than not, when I approach that with God, whether that's something to, I'm not in my statement, I'm not saying that it, tribulation necessarily from God, you know, God definitely puts us in places that chastens us, but then a lot of our issues, our own stupidity are just because we live in a world that's broken right. and busted either way. When we run into that, God will take that this moment that we don't want in our life. When we approach that with God, with his presence, with the Holy Spirit, he often turns that around. And pastor made that conclusion. He took us from that scripture where he, Paul was telling Timothy, don't have a spirit of fear. You have a spirit of power, spirit of love, and a sound mind. And he connected where Paul is saying elsewhere where he says, God will give you exceedingly abundantly above what you could ask or think. And that's what... A lot of times we look at something, we're like, I would just do this, I get what I want. And what God wants to do is like, mm, let me give you something or take something that's more difficult than you think you can handle, something that you don't necessarily want in your life. And I'm going to use that to bring about what you couldn't even think is even possible in your life. Your imagination is not big enough to conceive. I'm going to bring that about. And what I and our obedience step is, can I submit, can I spend time in the presence of the Holy Spirit so that he can put those ideas in my mind, bring my soul down to a place piecewise where I can actually execute them and walk through them. And then can I trust when I don't see the results coming, can I trust that God is going to bring the right results? That's what ends up ending in something that's exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask or think. Well, I think we need to do a whole different podcast about trust because I think that's definitely a a key factor in all this trusting God through all of this. You know, a lot of things that Pastor George talked about are things that are uh, that require faith and and they require uh, really knowing who God is and trusting who God is so that he can take you to that exceedingly abundantly above. And I think that's what we want for ourselves. I mean, if I hear somebody's got exceedingly abundantly above for me, I want that. And especially if he knows me, he created me, he's put me in a position uh, to be successful. I want the exceedingly abundantly above success. I don't, I don't want the mediocre, mediocre success. And that's essentially what my mind is capable of. So trusting God and knowing that through him, I can, I can work towards that and, and be who he created me to be. 
Johnny, if you can, I, I know this topic is a lot deeper than, than even what we've talked about so far. So if there's somebody that's listening to this and says, man, I'd like to, I'd like to know more. I'd like to go a little bit deeper into learning about the Holy Spirit. What are some things, some next steps, if you will, that we can recommend for our listeners? Well, you can always, um, you can always reach out. We use this text number a lot to uh, the number 23101. If you text uh, Holy Spirit and a question that you have to that, we can respond to you pretty easily. That is anonymous, so um, but you can use that 23101 and then text the Holy Spirit plus whatever question you have, and it'll get to us, and we can respond to you. Also, um, our founding pastor, Pastor Willie George, has an amazing uh, podcast that he does daily as well as a daily devotional. And the first, uh, I think the first 11, he launched this a couple of weeks ago, the first 11 posts were all on the, the spirit person, the spirit man. And he deals a lot, goes into more depth about who the Holy Spirit is, why we need why we need more of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Um, you can go to um, myfaithroots.com and, and check more check more out there or his podcast, which is also my uh, also uh, Faith Roots. Uh, but those are all good resources. But, you know, we want to be here for this audience. You know, one thing that we love about being part of a brotherhood is that when we have questions, we have joys, we have concerns. This group is here to help you walk through whatever it is. Uh, we see this happen. I mean, I, I don't know how many texts I got after after that breakfast and questions and 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 points of I need to connect with someone. That's what we're here for. That's what this group is here for. So we hope that you will reach out to us um, and let us answer any questions that you might have because that's that's what we want to do is be able to walk through, especially when it comes to the topic of the Holy Spirit. Again, He is the difference maker in my life personally. In, in what I, where I walk, how I walk, and who I walk with. Critical. Awesome. Thanks, Johnny. Uh, brothers, stay tuned. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more. Make sure you check out uh, Pastor George's podcast. Uh, there's already a ton of great content on there as well. And I think that's one of the reasons that we have the brotherhood. Like when we get into some of these topics where it's expanding our faith, it's maybe taking us in a, in a deeper relationship with Christ. You need that community around you. You need a brotherhood. And if we can help guide you through that, uh, and, I, and I'll say this, I, I will learn alongside you too. I don't, I don't think that there's anybody here that says that they have it all figured out. It's a journey and a relationship with Christ. And as you, if you do that in a brotherhood, I think that helps uh, accelerate that process and deepen those relationships. And with that, brothers, remember, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the King. We'll catch you on the next podcast. Mm-hmm.